Well, hello and welcome back again to the Bible Teaching Channel of A Love Outreach. My name is Dave Nelson. Today, uh, we are going to go ahead and read from the book of 2 Thessalonians chapter 3. And uh, just going to kind of an impromptu reading here. Don't have any notes prepared on this, but uh, really want you to see and I really want to encourage you to read the Bible for yourself. And when I say I want you to see, I want you to see and be enlightened to the fact that the Word of God will speak to you, that you could just pick up the Bible and read it, and it will speak to you. Now, I probably do have to kind of hone in on a couple things when I say you can just pick up the Bible and read it. I highly suggest that when you, if you're new to the Bible, um, you're new to, to faith in the Lord or you want to find out more about God, yes, you can definitely read the Bible from cover to cover. You can do that. And over the years, I've done that. Um, but if you want to come to a deeper knowledge with God, God has provided a way for you to do that, and it is through His Son, Jesus Christ. That is the way that God speaks to us today. Let me read a scripture to you as that comes to mind, okay? Um, this wasn't where I was planning on going with this, but now that I'm going this way, I'll keep going this way. Uh, Hebrews chapter 1 starts out like this. So Hebrews, again, if you're new to the Bible and if you're not, I apologize for talking to you like you are, but um, Hebrews chapter 1 says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, through whom also he made the worlds. A lot of power right there in those verses. But what I wanted to say with, to you in that is that God speaks to us today. He wants to speak to you today. Okay, and I'm not, I'm talking to everyone in the entire world that could, would, that might possibly ever come upon my voice right now. Um, God wants to speak to you today. And the way, though, that he wants to speak to you, the way that he wants to communicate to you is through his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me, he said. So Jesus is the door. That's it. You want to know about God? Do you want to know about the purpose of your life, the plan of God for your life? Then you need to come through Jesus. Jesus is the way, so you need to come to faith in him. So, kind of getting back to what I was saying, um, one of the reasons I just jump on like this and start reading to you from the, from the scriptures is because um, I want you to see that God can speak to you through the scriptures. Just read it, right? Now, kind of getting back on track again with what I was saying as well, I would suggest that you come to the New Testament and read the New Testament. Start reading the Bible in the New Testament. The Old Testament, for those of you out there that might want to, oh, wait a minute, what are you saying? The Old Testament's very important, okay? There's a lot for us to learn from, a lot for us to grow in as it relates to the entire Word, word of God, the whole Bible, 
okay? So much to know. But I'm specifically talking to you right now who maybe you you're maybe you maybe you have faith in Jesus Christ, right? Maybe you say, "Well, yeah, I've had faith in Jesus for years," right? But you feel like God's not speaking to you or not um, guiding your life, okay? And um, you know, I want to tell you that when I talk about God speaking to you, I'm not talking about something, you know, weird or you know, trying to be too super spiritual with you. Matter of fact, I really want to simplify how God speaks to you and I today. We just read it, right? He's speaking to us through His Son Jesus Christ, whom He has appointed heir of all things, and also through whom, by whom, right, He made the worlds. Right, so everything that we know, everything that exists, was made by the Lord. I, I would encourage you if you need some place to go read right now, you know, after you're done listening here, go to John chapter one, the New Testament Gospel of John chapter one. It's the fourth book in your Bible, Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John. John chapter one. In the beginning was the Word. Okay, so we just read in Hebrews how through Jesus. God made the worlds. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Okay, And then as you read on, and you, you're going to read a little bit about John the Baptist as you're going through chapter 1, but when you get down to verse 14, you're going to see who the Word is. Right, The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who is that? That is Jesus, the Word made flesh. He was there in the beginning. And all things were made by him, and he is now heir of all things. And now he is seated at the right hand of the majesty on high. He makes intercession for us, and he wants you to come to God through him. Okay, so you're going to come through Jesus. So as we read the word of God like this, as we jump into it, we're trying to say, Lord, what is it that you want me to learn? How do you want me to grow in you? So what the Lord did, just to give you some more basics here 101 right 101 new testament scriptures kind of thing here right uh what the lord did is he chose he chose apostles and what we're reading here in second thessalonians is from the apostle paul who was chosen directly by the lord and the apostle paul wrote these things down or in some cases he had people write things for him but these words are, that we're going to read in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 here today are from the Apostle Paul. But these are the words of the Lord as the Spirit of the Lord moved these men to write these things down. So that's the importance of the Word of God. And that's where a relationship with the Lord can really start. Because if you want to know the Lord, you need to know His Word. If you want to know His will, you need to know His Word. Okay, so that's why I do what I do. That's why we're out here doing this type of thing. Okay, uh, so finally, let's just jump into it. Okay, finally, brethren, verse one of Second Thessalonians chapter three, the apostle Paul says, "Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified, just as it is with you." So Paul's writing to some folks here who have received the word of the Lord from the apostles. And Paul's saying, keep praying for us that we can keep spreading the word of the Lord, okay? And that the word of the Lord may run swiftly, okay? That means it's, it's not being hindered or anything like that. And, that. and it says that it may be glorified, that word um, glorified there in the Hebrew. And 
and just so you know from the other side of the camera here what i'm doing right now is i'm just reading to you um from the scriptures here but i don't have my actual bible open and i just want to uh, let you know that you can go to blueletterbible.org um, it's a good place you can get all the different translations of the bible there if you want um you know um and uh I'm reading to you from the New King James, you know, what I'm reading to you here today. But um, doc, doxadzo, doxadzo is a Greek word for glorified. So let me read back in verse 1 again. It says, Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it is with you. So how can you and I glorify the word of God? What, what does that even mean, to glorify anything, right? Well, it, it's a word, doxadzo, okay? And it means to think or suppose, to be of opinion, right? To praise, to extol, to magnify, to celebrate, to honor. This is how we glorify the Word of God. We honor the Word of God. We magnify the Word of God. We celebrate the Word of God. It says um, to make re renowned, okay? So to cause dignity and worth. So it just simply means to value the Word of God. Again, that's why I get on here and exhort you to read the Bible yourself, to know the Word of God, and to give you some direction and some guidance on that. Uh, I don't see myself as a Bible scholar in any way, shape, or form, but you don't need to be either. You can simply do things like I'm doing right here. Just put time into reading the Word of God and studying the Word of God and, and looking it up, and Blue Letter Bible is a good place to do that. I'm sure there's other ones out there, and maybe if you want to comment on this and you want to exhort others um, you know, on resources for things like this, but I find uh, this to be a great resource to do things like what I just did with the word glorified there. So then, right? The second verse, so he says, pray for us, right, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not all have faith. <laughs> Boy, is that ever true, right? And that's true today. Not all have faith. Not all have faith in Jesus Christ. Anyway, you know, not are all of the faith of the Lord, okay? So he says that they may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. There are people that, there were people in those days, and there are people today that just hate the Word of God. They hate anything to do with God. They hate those that want to stand and represent God or spread the Word or do whatever. Um, and these unreasonable and wicked people are led by an unreasonable and wicked Satan. That's who they're led by. It's just plain and simple. Why? Because they want to keep people from the truth, and they don't want the truth themselves, okay, because they love their sin. They want to stay in their sin. They don't want to hear anybody or anything that has to say, you know, you, you've got to repent. You've got to turn from your sin. They, they don't want the Word of God glorified, extolled, and, and lifted up, magnified. They want it shut up. That's what they want to do. Okay, but he says, Paul goes on in verse 3 and says, But the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. So we have that promise in, in, in the Word of God here, that the Lord will establish us. 
That is, he'll place us firmly on, on solid ground, okay? And he'll establish us and he'll guard us from the evil one. But we've, how does he do that? Well, in my life, I've come to learn that he does that by the work of his spirit within me. I can recognize evil, see evil, see a bad decision, a bad choice, and just firmly be established and say, nope, not going that way, no, not doing that, turning my eyes from that, turning my direction from that, right? That's the work of the Lord within us today by His Spirit, and that's the way that He'll speak to you, is by His Spirit working within you to lead and to guide you. And we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, Paul says, as he's he's speaking to these believers in Thessalonica, right? That's why this is called Thessalonians. He's speaking to these believers in this city, in this region, Thessalonica, and uh, he's saying to them, we have confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and will do the things we command you. So in other words, he's saying, hey, stay the course. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Stay firmly fixed in him. He says there in verse 3, you know, he talks about being established. Jesus talked about building your house upon the rock, and the person that builds their house upon the rock is the ones that hear his commands and does them. They, they actually do the commands of the Lord. They actually live it out. Okay? The opposite of that would be building your house upon the sand, right? And when the storms and the trials of life come, that house will crumble. But when you're built upon the rock, you'll be established when you're built upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God and into the presence of Christ. Look at that. May the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. So kind of thinking on those people that hate the truth of the Word of God, they're not being directed into the love of God. They, they, they're being directed in the way of hate. But what the Lord wants to do in the person that is committed to Him, right, submitted to Him, walks in obedience to His commands, is He wants to direct your heart into the love of God, right, that you would love God more that you would make it a priority in your life to love God. And as Jesus said, to make it a priority to seek the kingdom of God. Seek first, Jesus said, the kingdom of God. And what else? He says, and his righteousness. See, that's what God wants us to do. He wants us to live righteously, to live soberly in this present age, as we find in Titus chapter 2. Okay, But we seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then he provides for us. He directs our steps. You will hear from the Lord. You will have a life of peace when you're trusting in the Lord. Right? But look at the end of verse 5 there too. says, not only does he direct our hearts into the love of God, but into the patience of Christ. We need patience, right? If, you, if, if you're walking in Christ and you're going through this life where you have trials, Right, where the evil one, like Paul's saying, hey, pray for us that we can keep preaching the word because there's unreasonable and wicked men that are st trying to stop it. And when you're living for Christ, there's going to be unreasonable and wicked people that come along your way and test your patience in Christ. Are you going to walk in the fruit of the Spirit? Are you going to have love and peace and joy? Are you going to have patience? 
kind are you going to remain in remain in kindness and goodness and faithfulness and temperance which is self-control this is what the lord will do in you but we command you brethren in the name of the lord jesus christ that you withdraw from every brother who walks disorderly and not according to the tradition which he received from us okay so paul's saying hey look remember Paul was chosen by the Lord, right? You can go read about it in Acts chapter 9. He was chosen by the Lord to do what he's doing. The Lord's directing him and guiding him and leading him by his spirit. And the Lord, and, and the Lord through Paul was establishing something, a way to walk, a way to walk that's in order. And Paul's saying to these believers in Thessalonica here, hey, I'm commanding you something here. When you see somebody and they're calling themselves a brother, okay, and they're saying, you know, I'm in Christ or I believe in Jesus or whatever, but they're walking disorderly, what, what does he say to do? He says, withdraw yourself from them. Get away from them. Go away from them. Right? Because especially if you confront them and you say, hey, look, you know, you're not walking in the way of the Lord. You're walking in a disorderly manner, but you're professing to be a brother. Okay, look, th those that are in the world and haven't come to Christ, they're led by the wicked one. Okay? Th they've not been born again of the Spirit. So, you know, we got to reach out to them with the love of God. We got to walk in the love of God and reach out to them. But those that profess to be a brother, in Christ and then walk disorderly they, they need to be confronted and and the way you confront them is to withdraw from them okay you know get away flee from them let them stand alone and let them maybe be convicted in their hearts by the Spirit of the Lord as to you know the fact that they are walking in a disorderly fashion for you yourselves know, in verse 7, he says, how you ought to follow us, for we were not disorderly among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread free of charge. But he says, but we worked with labor and toil night and day that we might not be a burden to any of you. So what is Paul saying here? Work. Be diligent. Right? Work with your own hands. You don't... You know, you need, Paul's kind of warning them here. And there are people that are even today standing in pulpits and um, preaching false doctrines, you know, preaching their false doctrines of prosperity and all of that kind of stuff, which do not line up with the Word of God at all. Not when you read the Word of God in its context. It doesn't line up what they're teaching. But Paul's saying, hey, we didn't do that. We didn't walk in a disorderly fashion. We worked, okay? Not because we do not have authority, but to make ourselves an example of how you should follow us. In other words, how you should live like we do. When you read that there, how you should follow us. In other words, we're giving you an example of how you should live. And he's saying that we're not going to be a burden to anybody, and we're going to work. We're not going to eat bread for free. We're going to earn the food that we eat. We're going to earn our keep. For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Man, this is the word of God. 
This is the word of God right here. And it's saying, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. How many people are eating today? And you can tell they're eating. <laughs> you can just look at them and see they're not missing any meals. And they're not working. They're, they're not earning their keep. They're not doing something they should do. Look, I'll be the first to tell you that um, I have compassion on people that are on the street because I understand that it might not always be what it seems to be. You know, when, uh, and I'm kind of going to go on a rabbit trail here and I'll try my best to bring it back. But when I look at someone that's homeless on the street, with my eyes, I tend to see like the day they were born and they were this little baby, which to me, Every baby is precious. So they were this precious child. And somehow, maybe they were born into a bad set of circumstances. Um, maybe they were just misdirected in some way. Maybe they made bad choices in their youth that got them into drugs or alcohol or things like that. And, and they never corrected that way. They never had the opportunity well, maybe they had the opportunity, but maybe they made the choice. You know, so maybe they are the sum of their choices as they're out there on the street. Okay, but sometimes you see them and you say, he looks able-bodied, right? They, they, they look like they can work. And sometimes people even offer them jobs and, and they refuse it, right? So as I do have compassion on these people, I also use discernment when I give to them. Most of the time, I'm just going to say, hey, can I get you something to eat? I'll go pull in a fast food place, swing around and bring it back to them. Right? Can I get you something to drink or whatever? Once in a while, here's $5. You know, here's $10. Here's $20, whatever the case may be. Right? But I do that as the Spirit of the Lord leads. So kind of coming back now off of that rabbit trail here, when in verse 10 Paul says, if, if anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. Now, of course, you know, it's reasonable to say this is an able-bodied person. This is an able-bodied person who's able to work. Okay? So we need to, again, reach out to the lost people with the love of God. And we need to be sure that we are being directed into the love of God, as we read earlier there, right? That we're living in such a manner that the world sees that we love God. But we also have to use spiritual discernment sometimes in reaching out to people. But here Paul seems to be writing about, excuse me, Paul seems to be writing about someone that is just a brother that's disorderly. They're just eating for free. They're not really working. They can, they're able to, but they're not. And he says, withdraw yourself from someone like that. Withdraw yourself from someone that's not keeping the commands of the Lord and walking in the ways of the Lord. You see, because the body of Christ and any little bodies of Christ that are out there as churches should be exhorting one another to live godly, to live soberly, to live righteously in this present age, right? To um, deny ungodliness, to deny worldly lust, 
right? That's what the Bible exhorts us to do. That's how we should be living. So when you're coming to God, getting back to where I started in this teaching, when you're coming to God through faith in Jesus Christ, you're actually, first of all, taking up the cross. You're dying to yourself. And you're beginning to walk by faith in Jesus. And by faith in Jesus, meaning you're, you're committing to him and you're saying, I'm going to keep the commands of the Lord. I'm repenting. The old has passed away and all things have become new. Because you're now being, uh, being led and, and guided and directed by the Spirit of the Lord. Look what Paul goes on to say. Verse 11. Again, I'm in Second Thessalonians chapter 3 in the New Testament. Verse 11. For we hear there are some who walk among you in a, in a disorderly manner, not working at all, but are busybodies. So we, we see very clearly what Paul's talking about when he uses the word disorderly here a couple times. He's talking about people that aren't working. That's not a proper order. It's not the way we should be living. He says they're not working at all, but they're busybodies. Okay? Just busybodies. We know, I don't even, I mean, you know what that means. We don't really even need to expound on that, right? We know people like this. We all do. Now those who are such we command and exhort through our Lord Jesus Christ that they work in quietness and eat their own bread. So quietness there. Okay, so we have the word busybody and we have the word quietness. Two different things, two opposite things there. A busybody is always running their mouth, talking, 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 talk is cheap, killing time, not doing the work of the Lord, right? Not working with their hands, not earning their keep. And he's saying that they work in quietness. In other words, be quiet, hush up, and eat your own bread. In other words, don't eat the bread that someone else worked for. Provide. Provide for yourself. Right? And then you might have the ability to go out and help those that, that truly can't. Don't be that busybody, that lazy person. Okay, so we see this, this is a powerful teaching right here in the Word of God. These are the kind of things you find in the Bible when you take the time to read it. Oh, this is very, you know, life applicational. This can apply to me, you know. And I'll, I'll, always, I'll never forget the day when I first read that scripture many, many years ago. I've been reading the Bible now for about 36 years, I guess, or more, because um, I read it before I even came to Christ, and I came to Christ 36 years ago. But I'm not saying that makes me any authority or anything like that, because I'm still learning and growing and just keep trying to learn and grow in the Lord and all that. But I remember when I read this, you know, because I was kind of one of those busybodies, right? I was kind of like a, a mouthy kind of guy and, uh, you know, loved to talk, didn't like to do too much, you know, <laughs> in my younger years. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've worked since I was 14 years old. I've, I've had a job. Um, but, you know, I was just a talker, you know. So, but anyway, I remember when I read this that, you know, it kind of hit me hard. And sometimes we have to do that. I mean, even, even today, I can read something in the scriptures today and say, wow, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. 
yeah, I've gotten off track with that. I, you know, I, I was living, I've been living like that. I've been not thinking straight, you know, I've been not lining myself up with your commands in a proper way, in an orderly way, you know, so we all can constantly grow. You see, we're, we're walking through this life and it's a temporary life, first of all, right? James calls it, but a vapor. It appears for a short time and it's gone. But also as we walk through this world, it's very easy to uh, get distracted. It's very easy to let the filth of this world, you know, settle on you sometimes. But, you know, and you might become vexed with it. In other words, man, I don't, why do I have to see this? Why do I have to hear this? Why do I have to go through this? Especially if you're in the Spirit of the Lord, right? Um, and the Spirit of the Lord, which is the Spirit of righteousness, okay? And, you know, you're walking in those ways, and then you see, man, I'm, I find myself vexed with this. I find myself burdened down with this. Sometimes you got to shake it off. You got to readjust and just shake it off and clean it off and refocus yourself on the Lord and refocus yourself on His will and His purpose for your life, which is to keep His commands, right? So He says, you know, He's exhorting these people, these busybodies, to not be that way, to work with quietness, to eat their own bread, earn their own keep, right? But as for you, brethren, so now he's kind of adjusting it to these one, to the faithful believers here that are staying the course. He says, do not grow weary in doing good. Don't grow weary in doing good. And you know what? There's a possibility for that. Otherwise, it wouldn't be written here. There's a possibility that you can grow weary in doing good, in doing what's right. You know, because sometimes you can look and say, you know, I stay the course, I'm trying to walk in the way that's pleasing to the Lord, I'm keeping His commands, but you may feel like, but I'm getting nowhere. But you know what? It's not about you getting somewhere. It's about you being obedient. You know, it's about, that's what it's about for you and me, that we will be obedient to the Lord. That's what walking by faith is, that we stay the course all the way till the end, that we fight the fight of faith. Finish the race. Finish strong. Okay? It's not about what we gain here. This life isn't about that. But sometimes for, for people who grow weary in doing good, their eyes are focused on the wrong things. Okay? And I've been there, done that too. Okay? So if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, so look, here's the importance of what we're reading, verse 14, and Paul says, if anyone does not obey our word in this epistle, note that person and do not keep company with him, that he may be ashamed. So there again, seeing that withdrawing from that person, you might think, well, why would you withdraw from somebody? Why would you just leave them like kind of there on an island all by themselves and withdraw from them? Well, you want to give them the opportunity to be ashamed. Some people repetitively behave in a poor manner and you got to separate yourself from them you just got to go away from them no matter how unpopular it may be there may be others around you that just that just say why are you avoiding that person you know well it's just water under the bridge uh you know um whatever the case may be right but you know, sometimes, well, not sometimes, all the time, you need to be obedient to the Word. We're reading the Word right here. 
And it tells us to withdraw and don't keep company with people that are walking disorderly. For what reason? You got a good reason in doing it, that they may be ashamed of what they've done, of how they're living, and maybe they can have the chance to repent. And he says here in verse 15, don't yet yeah, do not count them as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Now sometimes you do that, and I've had this experience where I've had to do that with people in my life who were walking disorderly, walking in a manner that, you know, they're attacking others and they're vicious toward other Christians and they're doing things, you know, that are not proper. And I've had to admonish them and they don't receive it. They don't receive it. You take every step there is to, to, to deal with them and they don't receive it. They just continue to walk in that manner. They continue to attack others till eventually they come after you, you know, for admonishing them and trying to help them and guide them as a brother. Now, some people just don't receive it. Then verse 16, Paul's closing begins to close out the letter here. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always in every way. The Lord be with you all. And then he says, the salutation of Paul with my own hand, which is a sign in every epistle, so I write, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. So, something for all of us to glean from the Word of God. Always an opportunity to grow in the Lord. If you've watched this video, if you've listened to this audio thus far, and there's something we can pray for you about, feel free to reach out to us. I invite you to go to our webpage, aloveoutreach.com. And fill out the contact form there and let us know that you listen, where you watch from. I'll read those emails and respond to them. And, uh, you know, in the comment section here of the video, you can comment on YouTube. Uh, that's where this will be. Uh, and if there's anything that I can help you with in terms of growing in the Lord, in your walk with the Lord, I'd love to do so. You can reach out to me directly at Dave at aloveoutreach.com. That's my email address, dave at aloveoutreach.com. Um, and if you've listened to this and you're a brother in the Lord, you're a sister in the Lord, and you agree with this, I uh, encourage you to help us to continue to spread the word here on things like YouTube and such. And like this video, give it a thumbs up, subscribe, share it with others. Um, but nonetheless, whether that happens or not, we are going to continue to preach and to teach the Word of God. But we'll go ahead and sign off, and thank you for watching, thank you for listening, whichever the case may be, and we will see you next time. God bless you.